0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Man, the Spirit of God is so refreshing. He's so refreshing. His presence is refreshing. I hope that you are refreshed today. Um, I know whenever you look towards the beginning of the year we tend to do a relationship series and um, that's what we're kicking off today. Were you excited for the relationship series church? Yeah. And let me tell you, I know that there tends to be rhythms in our church. There tend to be rhythms in our sermon series and time of year. You know, a lot of people like to do relationship series around now. But I want you to understand that um, I don't want you to think that we're doing this series so that we can get you to sign up for a community group okay there's a lot of agendas that we have um in the natural and things tend to work out but i believe that god's doing something greater than just letting his church be full of community groups and full of sign-ups. That that is not the goal today The goal is that we would have a greater understanding about relationship and community and how it has to do with your purpose fulfilled here on earth. And so this morning, again, the goal is not to have a lot of community groups filled. The cool thing is, I think that a lot of community groups are going to be filled because we have the most leaders that we've ever had sign up um, in the history of Project Church. So I know that they're going to be filled, but as we go into the season of community groups, I believe that he's telling us that he wants his church to be more deeply rooted. And when we have a more deeply rooted church, when the winds and the waves come, we will stand firm in what he's rooted us in. And it's not friendships. It's in him, and he expresses himself through the community of the church. He expresses himself through the church, so that's why it's so important. That's why today is so important. That's why this series is so important because how many people know that relationships build the kingdom of God, and we're not building an empire. We're not building a church name. We're not building a social media gathering following okay we're building the church of god and we have a, a a command and a mandate as people and followers of christ to not have people follow us as friends but for people to follow him who gave us the greatest friendship the greatest fulfillment in relationship with him amen so you guys are all created for relationships and this series i didn't want to start it off with a lot of great practical advice Do you know, everything in me wanted you to learn everything I've learned in the last few um, marriage counseling sessions that Caleb and I have had. I just like, oh, I just... Got all this knowledge and got these great tips on how to use I statements rather than you statements. And blah, 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 blah. You know, I wanted to give you all of these really great practical advice. And he said, no, help them understand my heart for community. My heart for them. My heart to understand relationships build the kingdom of God. Relationships are going to accomplish the purpose that I have for every individual in this room. So you may have come here hoping for some great dating Tips, which app to sign up for? Just kidding! No, you didn't. Or how to do marriage well? How to fight fair? But God's saying, "No, let's take them back to the beginning. Take them back to the garden to understand my heart for community." Because here's the thing: we've live we live in a fallen world, and in the last couple years, it's not just been fallen, but man, it's become isolating because there's so much division, and where there is division, there is isolation. And while we can point fingers and talk about political parties and different stances and different views on some very topical surface level issues that this world is facing, if we blame the people who are cancel culturers If we start blaming them and we start pointing at them and why isolation is happening and why um, so many people are unhealthy mentally right now and we start pointing fingers at everybody else, then we're going to start doing what this title says or the opposite of what the title says. It's them, not me. But we're here to have a heart check and to take responsibility for where we can make sure that we're not isolating where we can make sure that we are fighting and contending for relationships so that the kingdom of God is built not so that people can have greater mental health listen that's important but there's something that God wants to take this church deeper than ever before we've got to understand that in our very being communion with God is what he's after from the very beginning of time and here's the thing you might be like, yeah, but I need, I, I need a, if I'm going to get married eventually, I need some dating tips. But listen, if I want this marriage to last, then I need some marriage tips. Listen, if I want these friendships to last, then I need some friendship tips. And what we start doing is that we start presenting our hearts horizontally and saying, I have all these relationships horizontally. My coworkers, my spouse, my kids, horizontal relationships. And we're like, fill my cup, fill my cup. And we try to fill our cups But if I was to try to fill this cup horizontally would it stay full? The only way it's going to stay full is if we start aligning ourselves vertically and allow God who his great purposes his great intentions fill our cup. And then what overflows out of us is him so that our horizontal relationships work. So it's not You, it's me. It's not everything around me and all these things that are happening to our world that's causing isolation. It's what can I do inside of me so that I don't isolate and that I contend for relationship. That's the goal today. So we're going to take it back. We're going to go to Genesis. We're going to take it back to the garden because God wants to show us and remind us what his original intent was for us from the very beginning of time. It says, um, I heard Tim Keller say this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. I'm going to do a lot of teaching today because I really think that we have to dig into the scripture. But the goal is not for you to learn something in your head, but it's for you to understand how much God loves you. It's for you to understand that the greatest relationship, and when this relationship is so healthy, when we understand this person who designed relationships and designed community from the very beginning, that's going to bring health to the rest of our relationships. Amen? You ready for this? Genesis 2, 18 through 25. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. one of his ribs and closed it up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, he was really excited when he saw the woman. And I feel like you need to cue the Edda James song, at last, at last. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, woman, because she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I believe that when we understand the origin of relationships and community, you're going to reveal to us the navigating steps that we must take to do relationships well, to build your kingdom well, and to accomplish the purpose that you have for Project Church and every individual in this room. So, Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, reveal yourself. Jesus, thank you for your love. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. So, to understand the heart of community and relationships We have to get back to the origin of community. So today, I believe that we're going to understand the heart of community with four different observations from this scripture alone. Okay? So you're ready to understand the heart of community, which here at Project Church, we say community is our? There you go. All right. Community is our? Okay. So let's understand the heart. First First observation that we see is in verse 18, the first problem. The first problem, verse 18 says, it is not good that the man should be what? It is not good that he is isolated. It is not good that he is lonely. Up until this point, everything that God made was good, 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 good. The heavens and the earth, the birds and the bees. It doesn't say that, but birds and bees and da-da-da-da, but he made bees too. So good. Everything's been good up until this point. And then we see that there is a problem, a problem. And, you know, as I was reading this, it made me think of James, and it says, consider it all joy, or count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, where you meet problems. I love this verse, don't you? No, you don't. I know, I don't actually love it either. But the truth of it is so good, and I never connected it to the first problem that humanity has ever seen, being alone. But here's what James says. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Consider it joy when you have problems. Do you know what problems are in our life? Problems are when we find ourselves incomplete, dissatisfied, and unfulfilled. Think about every problem you have. You're dissatisfied. You've lost your peace because you're unfulfilled. You're stressed out and you're full of anxiety because you feel dissatisfied, unsatisfied. Well, praise God, there's a solution to this problem. And that solution is community. Community was the first solution to the human heart's need. God knew it from the very beginning of time. It's not good for man to be alone. So I will make him a helper. And we're going to dive into helper a little bit later. But what we need to also see is that in Genesis 1, 26 through 27, just uh, um, several verses back, it says that God said, let us make mankind in our image. Like, wait, what? May Let us, there's more than God creating all these things? Yes. From the very beginning of time, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit existed. There was community in the very beginning of time. And there was a problem. The solution to the problem was community. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, And so what God is trying to tell us today is that the solution that you are looking for and the problem that you have, whether you're unsatisfied, whether you are incomplete, or whether you are unfulfilled, the solution is going to reflect God. And what reflects God more than community? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you to see what God is trying to reveal to you in your problem about his nature. Sometimes we are looking for the outcome of a problem more than we are trying to understand what God is saying to us about himself. One of the most uh, profound books that I read while Caleb and I were on sabbatical last year was The Cry of the Soul the cry of the soul. And the tagline of this book by Dan Allender was this, how our emotions are asking our deepest questions about God. You know, how many people have emotional problems? Or when you have a surface level problem, your emotions respond in a certain way, correct? And so what we need to understand, and especially if you read through the Psalms, that we are emotional beings. It's okay that you're having a hard day. You know, once we've start ignoring emotions and we we try to tell ourselves we just need to get over this we just need to get through this problem we're ignoring who god created us to be and he's trying to tell us who he is in our and in and through our emotions and so god is telling telling us through this scripture that the very first problem was satisfied through community and through god himself his very existence is community and his very desire for us is to be in communion with him. So we have a problem, but praise God for problems. If there weren't problems, we would never have miracles. Do you understand that? Do you, can you think about like the miracles that you've prayed for? Is it a miracle when there's like like when there's like instant gratification? Sometimes it's kind of like, oh no, I expected. We get to an entitled place in our faith where we just expect God to do something. And we expect, not like, ooh, holy expectation. No, we just expect for this thing to be fixed because all we care about is the outcome. Well, God is wanting to teach you something about his nature through your problems. So count it all joy when you face problems, trials and tribulations. <laughs> so there's a problem. If you're going to understand the heart of community, you've got to understand that there is the first problem of mankind, and that was being lonely, and he wants to satisfy that today. Next, we need to understand in the heart of communities that God provides a calculated provision. He There's the calculated provision. The first problem, and now there's the calculated provision. Look at verse 19. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast in the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. I love this. I just see this picture of Adam and all of these Animals around him, frolicking. And he's just sitting under a tree naming, that's going to be an alligator. That's going to be a, uh, I need a bee. I did this for service. I need a bee. What's an animal with a bee? A bee. A bee. Okay, (laughs) there it comes. (laughs) See, that's going to be a cat. That's going to be a dog. That's going to be an elephant. That's going to be a frog. That's going to be a giraffe. That's going to be a hen. You know, I'm just going through all the flashcards that my kids had when they were younger. But this is what Adam's doing. He's just laying back and he's just going, there's that, there's that, there's that. And then we get to verse 20. The man gives all livestock and the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. They all have names. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. There's not a helper fit for him. You know, sometimes we read, um, you know, this scripture about, you know, man was alone. It's not good. And we think that God made a mistake. Right? You're kind of like, oh, he really screwed up there. She, he needs a helper, you know, <laughs> come on. You gave the birds and the bees and all those other animals that he's naming, like a partner, they're procreating, and then it's just, it's just Adam. God, you really messed up there. And I think that we see him like that in some of our problems. God, you really messed up there. Man, you, you didn't, really didn't come through. I'm going to need you to fix the problem that you created guess what how many people know that God doesn't create the problems right he doesn't create the problems but he is so gracious to let us understand who he is and he's so gracious to develop something in us that is greater than the version of us before the problem amen and I want you to understand that God is so calculated in his ways he does not make mistakes He did not make a mistake here. Perhaps God was trying to really allow Adam to see the problem that he had. You know, sometimes it takes time for us to even realize that we need something. God may have made Adam, and who knows, Adam's like, cool, I'm here. Breathing and living and eating and hanging out with the animals. And maybe he didn't even realize that there was a problem until he started doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was going about doing his job. He was naming the animals. He was our very first zoologist, our very first botanist, right? And he's naming all these things. And then he realized that no one and nothing is suitable for him here. We understand how important it is to God for Adam to understand the problem. You know, I, I, I really believe that. Sometimes God allows us to go through a waiting period before we get the solution to our problem because we have to discover that there's a problem to begin with and then we become more grateful for the solution when he actually brings it, right? I think some of us have to get to the place where we don't just say, I'm entitled to a solution, make my life easier. God may be wanting to create perseverance in you. He may want to be care, creating more character in you so that you can withstand the purpose that he has for the future. Because let me tell you, when God brings a suitable helper for Adam, they are charged with the, the mandate to go and rule and reign the world together. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Maybe God is creating more grateful people So we can thank him for what we're waiting for. Someone here needed to be encouraged that some of the waiting is just developing you so that you will be grateful on the other end. So you can get the fullness of understanding that he's wanting you to receive in the midst of your problem. If you're dissatisfied right now, if you're waiting for a doctor's report, if you're waiting for a spouse, if you're waiting for an answer, if you're waiting for things to get better, if you're waiting For problems to get solved, ask him, what are you trying to complete in me? What are you trying to complete and accomplish in me? If we're going to understand the heart of community, be a part of community, and really show this world healthy community, we're going to understand that there's a problem. But God is a calculated God who provides. He's very calculated in his ways. He did not make a mistake. But third, that there is kingdom purpose in community. There is kingdom purpose. You know, the relationship between man and woman is so important. And we see here that when women, woman is created, we, women, I'm going to talk to women for a second, we are the first solution to man's problem. Listen, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, you might be thinking, oh, she must be a feminist. No, this is like a kingdom mindset. So many people, and maybe even some women walk around thinking that their, their future is rotten because stinking Eve screwed it up for all of us, right? She caused the fall, and it's like, they, oh, we're just cursed for the rest of our lives. And us women, we're secondary to man because, you know, we're just the helper that God created. And we've relegated ourselves to something subordinate to men. And we've seen ourselves as less than. And let me, don't get it wrong, because I think there are some people who think that, you know, woo, we are women, hear us cry. The future is female. No, it's not. <laughs> the future that God intends is for man and woman to get along and do it right and build the kingdom. But here's what I see, and I love this. I know I've preached on this and shared this a lot, but some of you may not have heard that. I love that God creates a solution within Adam himself. He brings woman, a suitable helper, But this word helper is so important for us to understand. It's etzer in Hebrew, E-Z-E-R. And this word is used 21 times throughout the Old Testament. It's used when the nations um, are, Israel is trying to fight other nations and they need military aid. They need etzer. They need God to help them in these battles. Etzer, etzer, ezer, whatever you want to say, is also used when the psalmist is saying, God, you are my help in the time of need. You're my help. You are my refuge. You are my strong and powerful tower. You are my help. This word help has greater value than, oh, you're just the, the helper, the helpmate, who's an afterthought, who, you know, you're just like the solution to God's mistake, like this little thing, afterthought. Women if we start relegating ourselves to something less than God, my help, how David said, God, you are my help, if we see ourselves less than, then we're not going to be carrying out the kingdom purpose that God has for us. And women, if you can see, New see yourselves that way, or men, if you can see women that way, then we're going to have a problem with building the kingdom. What I also see here is that God pulled out of the rib of Adam to create woman. Henry Matthew Henry, he wrote this in a commentary. She was not made out of his head to top him, not out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. You know, we are called to do kingdom well, and it's when the men and the women of God, not just marriage, listen to me, this isn't just about marriage. This is about men and women seeing themselves as two powerful genders. There's not one greater than the other in the kingdom. And, you know, the earth's mindset and the world's mindset is that in the room, there's always a powerful person and subordinates, and there's a powerful person and a weak person. But in the kingdom of God, everyone who is redeemed and crowned in splendor and was called and chosen and set apart, they are all powerful. So when men and women start seeing themselves as the sons and daughters of the most high God, royalty, set apart, chosen by God himself, then we're all powerful. Do you hear me? God created men and women to be powerful and to build his kingdom together. And we don't need to be fighting over whose role is what role. We just need to be doing kingdom well and fulfilling what God has put in your heart to do and spurring one another on to do it well. Not trying to say, no, you go before me. No, you go, I'll stay back here. No, it's like some, there's going to be some days where men are before the women and we're okay to be behind. And sometimes women are going to be, you know, in front of the men and what the man is here. The most important thing is not who's ahead or behind, but it's that both can be seen. You know, that's the reason why Caleb and I started this church and the reason why we believe so much in women leading. And I'm not saying, women, you're only leading if you have the microphone. Then we've missed the point. We've missed the point if we, we take it that way. But the idea of man and woman standing side by side, serving side by side, whether it's behind the scenes or on stage, the point is that we are revealing the fullness of who God is because we are all created in his image. But if one is hiding and one is behind and one is like feeling themselves inferior, then we're not presenting the fullness of God, my help. God wants to let his kingdom be built The purpose that we have is to build his kingdom and to reflect his full nature. And his full nature, it's different in men and women, but we still are created in his image. And if we want the world to see the fullness of his glory, then we're all going to continue to powerfully walk in the calling that he's, he's placed on our lives, men and women. If we don't operate in the fullness of who God created us, to be, then we're going to continue to be dysfunctional and disunified. But when the men and women of God get it together and work well together, that is the testimony that this world needs to see. The diversity of who we are and who God created us and the complexities that we have. Working together, operating in unity is a miracle. So let's let's go after that. Let's go after that. There's kingdom purpose between men and women. So let's walk in the fullness so that the world can see his fullness. Amen. So there's a problem, there's a calculated provision, there's kingdom purpose. But there's actually a greater picture. There's a greater picture. Because you know, we, we say this a lot. We say, men and women, come on, let's be the kingdom of God. Let's go serve the community. Let, let's 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 help them. Let's 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 help the lost be found let the broken be healed, and, you know, we want to do this, but there's a greater picture than us going out there and helping fulfill needs. The even greater picture is the gospel message that people wouldn't see us. Oh, they're working well together. Oh, there's co-partnership. Oh, men and women are really powerful. No, it's not just that. It's that we would be so hidden in him that people see Christ. Christ. You know, the essence of marriage really is sacrificial. It really is sacrificial. We, we, we preach this in Ephesians 5. You know, it says um, women submit to your husbands, wives submit to your husbands. Excuse me, let me make a quick clar- clarification. It does not say women submit to men. It says wives submit to husbands. Quick clarification. It says wives submit to husbands. Right, And so when we wives submit to our husbands, we are submitting our will to our husbands the way that Jesus submitted to God by coming down to this earth. You see that submission? But then it says, husbands, love your wives. And then the men and husbands get to reflect Jesus by submitting the way Christ submitted and gave his life for all of humanity both men and women husbands and wives are just becoming more like Christ they're reflecting Christ in his sacrifice do you hear me and so what I love about this scripture I got so excited about this you guys because I never heard it never really seen it this way and he just kept on bringing me to scriptures but let's let's read this verse 24 That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. I love this. This is the very first marriage in all of humanity. The Bible opens up with a marriage ceremony where men and women are coming together, right? They're coming together. A man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife the solution that we have to any of our problems is when God brings things together and unites them. And you know what the solution is? You know what Eve was to Adam? She was this she was the same as him but unique to him. She was the same but unique. And what I see happening is when men and women work together, when husbands and wives come together, and when our goal is sacrificial, we see each other as our solutions to one another's problems because we are the same but unique. We're the same but unique. That's how God brings about solutions. When he brings something that's the same but unique. Think about that. In in all of the disunity of this world, when we come together and what's the same, but we celebrate what's unique in us. The solution is found, unity. It's not always agreeing on every last detail, but we're, so we're kind of the same in this, but we're unique in this way. Do you hear me? Do you hear, do you hear how God provides solutions? So what I love about this is that we have marriage as our first representation of unity. And it's so great because like this world needs to be unified, right? I started by saying this world is in disunity. It's in disarray and we're fighting and we're in chaos because of the disunity, Right? But do you know how the Bible ends in Revelation? It ends in a marriage. It ends in the final marriage of all of history. This is so cool to me. If you go to Revelations, it says in verse 19, chapter 19, verse 7, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with a fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Do you know who the bridegroom is in Revelation? It's Christ. Do you know who the bride is? It's us, the church, who's made pure and holy and righteous. But how Are we brought into righteousness through Christ? Through Christ. Here's the thing. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes we think our kingdom purpose is just to serve our community well. And show them that Jesus loves them. No, the whole goal. The whole goal is that God's plan, his rescue plan from the very beginning of time was to reconcile fallen humans to a perfect God. To reconcile us, to make us whole, and to make the hurting healed, and to bring broken pieces together in our hearts. This is the reconciliation of God. His plan from the very beginning of time. His plan is that he would be fully Azer. He would be the one who rescues and saves. That's one of the definitions of Azar. God, my help is the one who rescues and saves, who's the strong and powerful one, the one who can wash us clean, the one who can fix our brokenness, the one who can heal us from our hurt, the one who can heal us from our wounds. The whole point of the whole word of God. I mean, I could have just stayed in Genesis. And how depressing, because in chapter three, we all fall. We're falling and falling and falling and falling, and falling. And then there's this other marriage from the first marriage, where things are just woo, awesome, yay! At last, my love is coming. It's great with Adam and Eve, but then they fall. But in the very last garden, or in the very last chapter, the very last book of the Bible, the end of humanity, we see another marriage that's all about reconciling us to the perfect one. The goal is that we would get back to the garden. The goal is that we would get back to the garden. And you know what? I love this because I think we need to understand that we are broken. And we need to be rescued. That we need to be saved. Martin Luther says this, an incomparable grace of faith is this. It unites to Christ. It unites us to Christ as a wife and husband are made one flesh. What is now in marriage, when when I got married to Caleb, what is his is mine, and what is mine is his. And for us and Christ, what is mine is now his, our sin. Our sin is his. He takes care of it. And what is his is mine. His righteousness makes me whole, healed, clean, purified, and righteous. This is the message. This is the gospel message. This is who Jesus is. This is the point of community. It's not that we would be an effective people who, effective church that is serving well and doing all the right things. No, it's that we would help people understand their need. Their problem is that they don't have Jesus, period. They don't have Jesus, and our job is to reflect Jesus and the fullness of his character through what he has expressed in us. We are all created in the image of God. We are supposed to reflect him, and we are supposed to tell them that you can be reconciled. You can be a part of the bride of Christ who gets purified and sanctified, and there is no shame. When Adam and Eve came together and they became one flesh, there was no shame. They were naked before one another. And God says, in a community that I have given you, you can become vulnerable with one another, which means that you're ready to be attacked and you're ready to be accused. But you can be vulnerable because there's safety and Christ-centered community because Christ makes things righteous. He removes the shame. He removes the condemnation. And so we, if we are going to do community well, we are going to understand why he created community from the beginning. It's so much more important than looking right and filling, out a, and filling up a bunch of community groups. It's because our, whole, our, our, our vertical relationship with God needs to save us the way God intended for it to save us, to make us holy, righteous, no shame, no condemnation. So, I don't know what problems you're facing in your relationships. In a room this large, just thinking in my relationships alone, there are so many problems that we're experiencing. And I would have done you a disservice if I gave you three of the best points I can give you so you can prepare for marriage. If I could give you, like, the best dating tips, if I can give you the best parenting advice. The Holy Spirit and the understanding of what He wants to work out in you is greater. And that's something that's going to be specific for you. So I just asked as I was preparing that God would just give you a revelation through His Word and through what He had said. In these scriptures, there's so much in this, there's so much packed into this. I want you to go back and understand it. It It's so packed, but He wants you to have an understanding of the great need so that we can understand his nature. We can understand who he is, not what we need to do to make ourselves feel better and fixed. Only he can do it. Amen? You believe that, church? Why don't you bow your heads in this place? Again, in a room this large, I know there's a lot of relationship issues and and needs that are represented. And I want to give you an opportunity to invite the one who made this grand plan to reconcile and rescue us and save us this grand plan of relationship and community man he's so calculated in his ways he's so good in all his ways but I want you to submit those and lay before his feet those problems and those issues and those needs he wants to complete you satisfy you fulfill you with himself right now before you address any other relationship issue again it's not you it's me right it's us God what are you trying to work out in your people what are you trying to satisfy us with what are you trying to fulfill us with what are you trying to complete in us consider it all joy my brothers when you face trials of many kinds so that you he might complete his work in you He's trying to complete a work in you right now, and it's not about the relationship as much as what he's working out in you. So, if you're in this room and you've been listening to me, and you're like, "Man, I, I want to, I want to understand this." Completion and the satisfaction, this fulfillment that I can only find in him. And that starts with a relationship with him. This is the most most important relationship you have in your life is the one with Jesus because he is the only one who can fulfill you and make you clean and wash you white as snow, pure as the bride in Revelation. If that's you in this place and you're saying, I want to be in relationship with Jesus, the only one who satisfies, the only one who can fix and heal and complete. If that's you in this place and you know that this is a need, I just want to invite you to have relationship with him today. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. I'm looking around because I want to pray for you. So again, if that's you and you want a relationship with the most holy God who has a plan to rescue you, save you, fulfill you, satisfy and complete you, if that's you in this place, I'm going to count to three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Three, raise your hand. I see those hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of hands, 12 hands, I think more. It's cool. Hey, God wants to do work. Church, as a body of believers, followers of Christ, community, repeat after me and we help as we help these pray. Those who raise their hands. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today. I accept you into my life. I believe that you love me. You died on a cross for me so that I could have life. I confess my need of you. I am broken. I'm imperfect. And I need you to wash me clean. I don't want my guilt. I don't want this shame. I want to walk in the freedom of relationship with you. Give me the strength to live for you for the rest of my life. I love you, Jesus. In your precious name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's, let's clap our hands. Yeah, that's okay. We celebrate. We celebrate this most important decision, most important relationship. But I know I, I need to do this for just a moment. Again. In a room this full, and every single one of you have the call of God on your life to build the kingdom, and relationships are always attacked because when relationships are attacked, the kingdom of God is attacked, okay? So we can be grateful for that, but in a room this large, I know that there's a lot of needs represented. And If there's somebody who just feels like they need a touch specifically on a relationship that you have been losing sleep over, that you have had anxiety over, that you feel broken over, if that's you in this place, I just wanna pray for you and give you an opportunity for not give, give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to give you exactly what you need because I promise you, this relationship series will be great for you, but without a touch from the Holy Spirit, nothing is going to change. So if you want that relationship to be made whole and transformed, you want to be transformed, That's you in this place. I want to pray specifically for you. Why don't you raise your hand if you have a specific need in relationships. Come on, don't be scared. Yeah, there's a lot of us. That's okay. I'm raising my hand with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for every single person who is bold to raise their hand because they, by raising their hand, are saying, yes, God, we need you. Yes, God, we have a problem. And yes, God, you are the solution. Thank you, God, that you are the only one who can transform me so you can transform the relationship. Thank you, God, that only you can give me divine strategy that's from heaven because you want things from heaven to happen here on earth. So Jesus, I pray that you would infuse your people who have taken a step of faith even by raising their hand, who have opened their hearts for you to do a work in them. God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. And right now, I believe he's going to start dropping you some strategies. He's going to start telling you this is what you need to say. This is the timing. These are the words. These are the questions. This is exactly what she needs right now. But right now, just focus on being filled by him. He's Just stay open to him. Just so stay open to him. God, have your way in our hearts. Change us from the inside out. Change us from the inside out so that our reflection, our, our relationships reflect you and your goodness. And so people would be attracted to the church, not because it's perfect, but because it is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, do your work in every single person, raising their hands. And we thank you, trust you for that precious name amen come on let's give god praise because i believe he's giving you strategy he's giving you exactly what you need why don't we stand we're going to close with this song because we're keeping our hearts open our hearts are the most open when we're giving god praise and gratitude amen come on let's sing this hey thanks so much for tuning in to the project church podcast we pray and hope that this message encouraged you built you up and gave you life We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.